welcome to Awaken Podcast. I hope you enjoy the teaching. Well, um, before I jump into a recap of this series and kind of what we want to do today, I will mention this, which I'm very, very excited about. Try not to knock things down. Uh, fall retreat is coming up, so that's pretty exciting. Yep, this will be the third or fourth. Anybody? Fourth? Fourth annual, thank you, uh, Awaken Fall Retreat. This is open to anybody and everybody. Um, we're not camping. There are beds, so if you're wondering if you're going to be sleeping on the floor, the answer is no. Um, there is lots to do. We're up at Covenant Pines in McGregor, Minnesota, so just a couple hours north. Um, and really, this is all about community and connections and relationships and all that. So lots of fun. Um, there is uh, an activity called crate stacking. So you literally take milk crates and you stack them on top of one another. There's two piles and you just keep going up and up and up and up and up. I think somebody stacked 30 of them last year. Can you imagine standing on 30 milk crates like at the top of the gym? It is wicked awesome. So I'm telling you, for nothing else, that's worth the price of admission. So uh, you can sign up online and if you have questions, you can talk to myself or any of the other leadership team at Awaken. Sound good? Okay, Matthew chapter 5, if you have your Bibles, turn there. If you're looking in the pew Bibles, the black ones, I think it's like, uh, it's something 37. I want to say like 837, I remember that, so there's a table of contents in the front. (laughs) Uh, So if you would stand and we'll read uh, this passage one more time as we wrap this series up. Starting in verse 3, it says this, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. God, as we open this scripture and we open our hearts to you to the degree that we can this morning, it's my prayer, as always, that you would speak to us that you would um, invite us more and more into the people that you've created us to be in whatever ways that has been uh, stunted or deterred or held back. God, I pray that you would open it up, that by your spirit you would break hearts open, that you would crack the seeds, you would tear down whatever walls we've built, and that you would be who you always are, the God who pursues, the God who loves, the God who cares, the God who beckons and welcomes us home. We pray all this in your name and all God's people said. Amen. You may be seated. So I want to just recap some of the things we've talked about this morning and then uh, lead us into a time of uh, kind of response for that. So I'll just remind us of a couple of things. The first is this. um, The the Beatitudes, a lot of times you might find uh, when these have been preached or talked about in churches, people talk about them as something we we sort of ascribe to, something that we're moving towards or something we should be more peaceful, we should be more meek, we should try to be more merciful, so on and so forth. And I want to suggest again that this is not that, but rather this is an unexpected announcement about the kingdom of God. This is Jesus showing up on a hillside like a a teacher in the first century would do. And he starts to talk about who are the people of God? Uh, A question that might make more sense in that time is who is true Israel? And so Jesus begins this teaching and he says, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the so-and-so. Um, If you have your Bibles, look at Mark chapter 10. 
If you don't believe me, uh, I want to just show one example of how I think that the disciples and the people of Jesus' time were expecting something other than what he announces in the Sermon on the Mount. Starting in verse 32, they were on their way up to Jerusalem and Jesus was leading the way. The disciples were astonished while those who followed were afraid. Again, he took the twelve aside and he told them what was going to happen. We're going to Jerusalem, the Son of Man, that's me, Jesus, will be delivered over, uh, not me, me, but Jesus, uh, <laughs> delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will contem- condemn him to death and hand him over to the Gentiles who will mock him and spit on him and flog him and kill him and three days later he will rise. So Jesus lays the whole thing out. He's like, this is what's about to happen, right? And the next verse is just astonishing. <laughs> James and John, they say to themselves, then James and John, sons of Zebedee, come to him. Teacher, they say, we, will, we, we want to do whatever you ask. Uh, What do you want me to do for you, he says. And they reply, let us sit at your right hand and the other at your left in glory. Which is essentially to say, when you kick out the Romans and Israel is Israel again, we want to sit at your right hand and your left hand. We want the best seat in the house. Do you think we could do that? Jesus is like, I, I can imagine him saying, are you deaf? Did you just hear what I told you like two seconds earlier? right? These people were expecting some other kind of entrance, some other kind of Messiah, some other kind of uh, uh, freedom. And Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. It's unexpected. Never would have seen it coming. I've mentioned before this story, and I, 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 I'll, uh, that I got kicked off my, my golf team in college because I was a hothead. And, uh, you know, I've matured, I've grown, uh, sometimes it, it uh, rears its ugly head, but I want to share this part, which I don't know that I've ever shared before. Uh, upon being excommunicated from my golf team, I was on scholarship, and uh, I, I paid for all of my college, and so I was an RA, which helped pay for college, and I was on scholarship, which helped pay for my college. And so when you get caught, kicked off of the golf team that is connected to your scholarship, usually that goes away, Right? So I spent like a week after this horrible day and uh, wondering like how I was literally making plans to pack up and go home because I didn't think I could afford this. And I got a call by my coach and he said, I want you to come into my office. And I'm like, seriously, I'm down. Are you going to kick me while I'm down now? So I go over to Brian Fort's office in the upstairs of the gym and he sits me down and he says, Micah, there's not a place for you on this golf team this year, this next year to which I'm thinking to myself, thank you. I didn't know that yet. Uh, And then he says this. I'll never forget it. He says, but I'm not going to cancel your scholarship. I'm going to give you your scholarship, even though I'm not going to let you play. Unexpected announcement. Right? The thing that you didn't see coming is exactly what Jesus is getting at in the Sermon on the Mount and the Beatitudes. This is the nature of the kingdom that Jesus comes to announce. In all of the ways that Israel had forgotten who they were and what kind of mission they were on, Jesus sort of blows the categories out of the water. And his announcement would have come as a surprise. I'm convinced of this. And so I wonder this morning, as we wrap up this series, I wonder what God would have to say to you that would come as a surprise. If this is the nature of Jesus' announcement and that it's a surprise to the people who would have heard it first, what might Jesus say to you today that would surprise you? 
Maybe you are not the sum of your choices. You are not the sum of your poor choices, nor are you the sum of your good choices. You are dearly loved because you are, because you have breath in your lungs. You have not gone too far. You can always turn around. You're forgiven for that thing, that word, those words, that moment, that choice, whatever it is that's sinking in your heart right now, you're forgiven. You didn't deserve to be treated that way. Or maybe, despite how hard it was, that relationship ending was the best choice at that point. And even if you had chosen the other path, I would still be with you. Somebody who spoke at Awaken once said, in terms of God's will, do I choose this path? Do I choose that path? This is not a trick. This is not a maze. So I wonder if there isn't a surprise announcement for you this morning. Maybe it's not anything that I said. Maybe it's something. But this is the nature of the kingdom. It sneaks up on you. It surprises you. I think it's unexpected because not only the things that Jesus said, but the people that are included, right? Like, let's just go through the list. The poor in spirit are at to be, is to be at the bottom looking up. It's the spiritual zeros with no pedigree, no visibility, no visibly redeeming qualities. To mourn means you've lost something and you don't build a kingdom on the losers. Everybody knows that the meek are actually weak and those who are hungry and thirsty are probably hungry and thirsty because they deserve it, because of the choices that they've made, right? You reap what you sow. And those who show mercy, of course, those are the people who get taken advantage of. And purity, purity had everything to do with washing all that was on the outside. And then Jesus says it's about our hearts and them being pure. So imagine all of the people sitting around the table of the kingdom with mud on their faces and on their garments, while all of those who are clean with their shirts pressed on the outside looking in. This is essentially what Jesus is saying. It's all of the people that he includes. And everybody knows that peace only comes through Rome and bowing a knee to Rome. It's the Pax Romana, right? The peace of Rome. And if you get persecuted, you probably deserve that, right? It's all of the people that you wouldn't expect that Jesus says, blessed are you. And I think it's fascinating, and I'll just kind of close with this. If you continue on in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, we've ended right around verse 10. But Jesus is answering the question, who is true Israel? Right? We're talking about Old Testament, Genesis chapter 12. God calls this group of people to be a light in the world, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. So who is true Israel? Who are the people of God in the world who follow this Yahweh? And Jesus continues in this sermon, and he, he essentially says that the kingdom people are activators in the world. They do something. They, 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 they are something. And he says in verse 13, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled on. You are the light of the world, a town built on a hill that cannot be hidden, quoting from a psalm. So Jesus essentially says, Israel, God's people, true Israel, 
your salt and your light. Do you guys know what salt does or did in the ancient Near East? It did a couple of things, which is an interesting cue that Jesus picks this metaphor. Salt was a preservative. Salt, if you were, you didn't have refrigerators, of course, right? Uh, And so if you wanted to preserve meats or something, you would add salt to it, and it would stop the decaying process. So salt is a preservative in the world. It adds flavor. Everybody Everybody who cooks knows that if the curry needs a little bit of something, you add a little bit of salt, and it makes all the flavor pop. Right? It makes all the good things in whatever you're making sort of come to life. Salt adds flavor. Salt is a healing agent. So Jesus says to the people of God, you are the salt of the earth. Imagine what he means by that. And he says, you're the light on a hill. Right? Light illuminates something. Light is a bit like love. It always deflects attention and it, bring, and it highlights something else. Light drives away darkness. In it, there can be no darkness. So, Jesus says, you're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. We've been going through these windows and these beatitudes in this series. And I want to close this morning and sort of move us into a time of response. Uh, If you've been around Awaken for long enough, you've heard me talk about this idea uh, or you've, helped, you've experienced this with us. And in the church tradition, there's something called cataphatic prayer, which essentially means you, you engage your mind and your imagination in prayer. Uh, St. Ignatius of Loyola, who's actually in one of these windows right over here, was one of the, the saints of the church who really practiced this and sort of wrote about it and highlighted it. Some people call it imaginative prayer. So what I want to do in the next few minutes is I want to lead you through an exercise And I want to try, uh, I'm going to invite you to sort of put yourself in this place. Imagine being there on that day when Jesus, this teacher, this traveling teacher would have come to your town and gathered a group of people on a hillside. And then I'll offer a time of silence. And then we'll sing and there will be a couple of other things happening which I'll direct here in a moment. So if you would, and this is an invitation, right? I can't make any of you do this, but if you would trust me just for a few moments to lead you in this, I would invite you to maybe close your eyes and take a couple of deep breaths. Whatever you brought in here today, whether it's anxiety or sadness or I want to invite you to just leave that to set it down in your mind's eye. And as you take a couple more deep breaths, I want you to imagine whatever Israel might look like in your mind's eye. If you've been there, you can picture it. If you haven't, whatever pictures you've seen. But imagine the Sea of Galilee, this beautiful, beautiful lake with the sun dancing off of the waves and the wind blowing off the lake up onto the hillside. And you get word that a teacher has come to your town, this one that you've heard about. And you hear that he's gathering people on this hillside. And so in your mind's eye, just make your way there. Walk to that place. And you can hear the buzz and the murmur and the excitement and the anticipation of what this teacher might say. Because people are saying he's the one. 
He's the Messiah. He's the one we've been waiting for. And so you're there, sitting on this hillside with the wind blowing off the lake. And then he comes in, and he walks to the lowest point of the hill, and he sits down, and he begins to teach. And I want you to imagine yourself there that day and hear these words for the first time. And this is what he says. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, who weep, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, those who seek after shalom, for they will be called the children of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for my name's sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. In this next moment of silence, I just invite you to let sink in whatever it is the Spirit of God is leading, impressing, offering you this morning. And just follow that. The Spirit of God is the Spirit of truth so we can trust where God is leading us. And so say what you need to say. Hear what you need to hear. Just for a few moments. kingdom of God is at hand. It's near. It's within you. It's around you, Jesus says. The kingdom is the rule and reign of God. It's when the hopes and dreams of God actually happen. And the resurrection of Jesus ensures that a new world is bursting forth in the midst of this one right here and right now. And it's for 
you. It's available to you. And so we've responded the last couple of weeks with this refrain as a prayer of personal response and collective response. And it's just, Lord, have mercy. So John's going to lead us in that as we sing with him. Good morning. I'm Greg, one of the prayer team ministers. And if you're in need of prayer this morning, uh, my wife, Deb, and I would be honored and uh, more than pleased to pray with you, to love on you, to bless you. Um, Please open your hearts for this benediction. May you remember that the kingdom of God comes as an unexpected announcement for any and all that have eyes for any and all that have eyes to see and ears to hear. And may you become salt and light in your homes, in your workplace, in your neighborhood, in our world. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Go in peace. Find us online at www at awakencommunity.com or on Facebook at www.facebook.com backslash awakencommunity or on Twitter at awakencommunity. See you next time.